0: Hi, guys, welcome to the Powerful AF Podcast. My name is Bracey Dutton and I share on the internet how I healed my food addiction by ditching toxic thoughts and ingredients. This podcast is all about empowering you with the knowledge to get on the other side of food addiction. A lot of it has to do with food, and a lot more of it has to do with healing our mindset. We'll talk about healing trauma getting rid of those nasty limiting beliefs that are holding us back, and how to fully step into your power and own your life. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, keep listening. All right, guys, I'm so excited to have my friend Amanda Dixon here with me. She is one of the most amazing human beings I've met. She's so unique in the way that she's kind and loving and nurturing. And we became friends actually in the past year when my daughter went to a private school here in Houston. She was her teacher and we started connecting and following each other on social media and getting to know each other. And I've learned so much through her in regard to non-traditional schooling options, and also being an intuitive parent and taking a stand for what I believe in for my kids and what I want their education to look like. So I'm so excited to have you on, Amanda, because I really just want to break down the stigma around non-traditional schooling and also how parents can take their power back over their kids schooling. And that's really what this podcast is all about, is being powerful. And that touches on every aspect of life, whether it's our health, um, our relationships with other people, and also who we are as parents. I know I have a lot of moms listen to the podcast. So um, I'm so excited to have this conversation. I'm going to have you introduce yourself and explain who you are professionally, and also just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into all of this. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just let the conversation flow.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that introduction. Um, I'm start off with a little, being a little teary-eyed, um, the, <laughs> feelings and affection are mutual, of course um, for you and your sweet family. So thank you so much for for having me on. Um, my name's Amanda. I am a homeschooling mother of three. My children are 11, 8 and five and Bracy mentioned that um, I was her daughter's teacher last year. We did try a, a non-traditional private school for one year and and decided that um, homeschooling was a better choice for our family. so we are back to homeschooling. Um, I also have a master's degree in early childhood education and a bachelor's degree in child development. So I kind of have the book smarts um, about all things children and and how they develop from you know zero to eight years old. Um, but I also have worked um, in many different preschool and early childhood settings. I taught college for a number of years. I've uh, done behavior therapy for children with autism. And um, more recently, I um, kind of became really interested in toys and how toys impact play. And um, I've always been a big advocate for play-based learning and really um, education being more of a support for what we already know about children and um, what we already know about how they learn and develop versus a the way that um, society seems to approach education now as a preparing children for, to be little adults. Um, I've always had a non-traditional approach. So when my, when my oldest was um, getting ready to be of kindergarten age, the thought of dropping him off somewhere um, for a full day, being away from him at five years old and having other people be making the decisions about what he was learning and at what pace he was learning really never sat well with me. And so that's when I kind of went down the path of homeschooling. Um, and yeah, that's my my story. Yeah. I
0: I started getting emotional
1: thinking about
0: dropping my kid off at a school like they, when you're explaining my 5-year-old all day long without me
1: yeah like i didn't
0: other people i mean yeah, it wasn't I, been hard for me to drop my daughter off at a tiny private school with yeah. how many people were there you know yeah.
1: well i personally didn't have kids to to spend my days away from them right, right? i right. didn't that and that's you know we get 18 now it's probably a little bit longer, but you know, we get such a short period of time with them. I want to be their go-to person for knowledge, for can you know, confiding in for emotional support. I want to be that person. Um, and so that was one of the big kind of factors for us in homeschooling.
0: So when you went into college and that was your um chosen career path, did you know that you were going to go the untraditional route or did you think that you were?
1: No, I didn't. But that's a great question. You know, I thought that, um, I learned a lot about, it was weird because I was in this master's program and there was this disconnect between like, here's what's happening in kindergarten and first grade. And here's what we know about child development. And then as I went farther through the through the, my education, I, it just, things just kept kind of like, and I'm thinking, how is this going to pan out? So as, as I got farther in my career, I spent, I had more years teaching and, um and more years of education under my belt. I knew that career-wise I would be seeking out something non-traditional. And so um when my, oldest was out of, we did cooperative preschool, which is like parent participation preschool. Mm -hmm. Um, but when he aged out of that, I actually opened up my home to do like a homeschool enrichment for kindergarten, where I was the teacher and we met three days a week and we did very, very developmentally appropriate hands-on play-based, you know, kindergarten. Um, Mm -hmm we played outside for many hours, you know, all the things that I learned were um, developmentally appropriate, but that I couldn't find in our neighborhood school.
0: Yeah. Um, so what were those, if you don't mind sharing yeah. a little bit, like, what were the, where were the gaps in what you noticed that was good for early childhood development? Yeah. Versus what's happening in most public
1: schools? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, a a whole, a whole number of things, right. Um, from, um, sit still, um, don't talk, raise your hand, you know, um, I'm the adult. So I'm, what I have to say is more important than what you have to say. Um, that didn't sit well with me at all. Um, the one size fits all approach to, how we educate children, you know, whether it's your uh, teacher standing at a whiteboard explaining a concept in one way um, and expecting all of the children to take in the information that way. Um, The one size fits all all approach is bothersome to me. Um, Children's bodies, uh, most people's bodies are designed to move, right? So, Mm -hmm and there are a lot of um there are a lot of people who actually learn better when they're moving right it's called being a kinesthetic learner right like some children need to run around um you know and the make a uh, do do like a hopscotch of the letter a in order to understand the formation of the letter a they have to do that with their body um so Uh, then, you know, everything from the food they serve in school to the lack of time spent outdoors. We know there's so much research out there that talks about how important it is for children to connect to nature and be outside. And then they get 15 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes, maybe in the afternoon. Um, also the Telling them when they can eat and not eat. Telling them when they can go to the restroom and, you know, nope, you can't go to the restroom right now.
0: What the heck? I, remember, like, I was traumatized by that <laughs> in first grade that I know? got my card pulled because I had to go to the bathroom outside. Right. And I, it was traumatic. I remember. Yeah. it. People it is. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, that's why you don't send your kids to public school. I'm like, well, that's a tiny piece of the puzzle, but one <laughs> well, that
1: that's terrible. That's what you remember one part of it that you remember, but, you know, we spend three, you know, when they turn three and four, we're, we're encouraging them to be more independent, you know, use the toilet independently, Mm -hmm. eat independently with utensils, all this stuff. And then we go and we send them to kindergarten. And it's like, no, you can't eat when you want to, you have to hold it. If you have to go to the, to the restroom, because you're too busy learning academics and I could, I could go down the rabbit hole of the research that says children aren't supposed to learn academics until the ages of six to eight years old. They shouldn't, it shouldn't be formally introduced to them any earlier than that yet. Our society is in this mindset of we need to be the biggest, best, smartest. So we have to start them earlier, but back to your point of being traumatized by that kind of stuff, you know, it's really important to take a look at, um, our teenager society today and how stressed they are, the suicide rate, the mental health issues, and people will argue like, oh, it's social media. And, and I'm sure that that's a part of it, um, but it's also the way that we've kind of failed them education wise mm-hmm. and not allowed them to be children. Um and so um, that's why I feel so passionately about talking about it and advocating for it because back to your question, um, just not letting kids be kids is right. my biggest problem with with uh, especially you know, K, first, second, third grades, um, when children really are supposed to be just playing if we look at research. So
0: So if someone asked you, why do you choose homeschool would you add anything else you haven't shared yet or was that pretty much the summary
1: um well i like to be able to give my children the freedom to explore topics of interest i don't want their learning to be limited to what some um, policymaker deems as important social studies for a fifth grader um My 11-year-old is learning Italian, and um, he is very interested in the country of Italy. And so we make pasta, and he speaks Italian, and we learn about geography that way. And I don't ever want their interests to be stifled because of what somebody else thinks is important for them to learn. Um yes reading is important yes math basic math is important um but also things like household kind of things and real life things you know i want to be in control of not so much i want to be in control but i want the freedom to be able to support them in learning what they're passionate about right what excites them because if they can learn about things that are exciting to them, then that makes a positive correlation with learning, right? Mm -hmm. And it makes, it instills this love of learning, hopefully for their whole lives um, versus learning being a chore and learning being frustrating and and all of those things. So I choose to homeschool for that reason so that they can explore their interests. Um, I choose to homeschool for, For flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, We just took a week-long vacation, which we wouldn't have been able to do if they were in traditional school, because you're not allowed to miss that much school, even though the time we spent was, um, you know, so enriching for them and so important for them, Um, yet it wouldn't be allowed if they were enrolled in in a public school. Um, And also for you know, we all have days where we don't feel our best and we don't feel, um, we don't feel like doing anything or we don't feel like doing what we have to do. And so there's a time and a place to push through and say, no, like, this is what needs to be done. Um, You know, you have to go to work, you have to go to do school, you have to do your chores kind of thing. But also I don't ever want it to be like, my child doesn't feel like they could come to me and say like, I'm really not feeling like doing this today. Can we do something different? And I want to be able to respect, you know, their kind of fluctuations in energy or if we need to start at 10 a.m. versus 8 a.m., I want to be able to do that with our family, so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can relate to all of those. And I now I'm just sitting here thinking about, how much i hated school yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and
0: what you said about how like the teenage depression depression rates and suicide rates like social media was just coming up when i was in high school i was de- so depressed and you know my home life situation had plenty to do with that but school did all <laughs> help you know i i always felt not good enough, not smart enough. I was I would look around and everyone else seemed like they knew what was going on. I had no idea. I couldn't keep up. I was um I mean I've pretty much diagnosed myself with ADHD now and I'm pretty sure that's always what was going on, but I was masking, I guess, I, and also ooh, maybe we could talk about this because I think I was like put in certain classes and Friends with a certain people because of my parents' involvement in that. So, like, sh- we want this teacher because blah, 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 or she's going to be friends with this group of kids because the- we have to keep up with the Joneses. Yes. And she's going to do all these sports and she's going to do all this. And ev- it just felt like everything forced upon me. Mm-hmm. And because of this, like, social. Need to be liked, that was, you know, a part of something I married, and then passed it on to me through that. So I know you mentioned speaking to us being able to really parent our children and let them guide us in a way. So tell me about that. Like, how do we guide our children? And for me, I find it hard because it's so instilled in me to mm-hmm. like want to control every move they make because that's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have to the parents who really, really wanna break that
1: cycle, but scary, you know? Yeah. Uh, My advice is to trust your children. Mm -hmm. Trust your children. They will um, pleasantly surprise you time and time and time again. If you just trust them to show you what they need when they need it, um, instead of forcing things on them before they're ready or, or because society says it's time, or, you know, to give you just an example, you know, there's, we can talk about reading as an example. Um, So now in public schools children are learning how to read in kindergarten which some of them are capable of doing but just because they're capable of doing something doesn't mean that we should be forcing it on them at that time and there's research that shows that when children are eight or nine you can put an eight, two eight and nine-year-old eight or nine-year-olds next to one another and and This child learned to read at five and this child learned to read at seven and a half. And there's absolutely no difference in the, their level of reading or their reading proficiency or their reading comprehension, because at seven, their brains are actually ready for it. And there's no struggle and there's no fight and, um, So just as an example of, you know, and I'm, I can say this now having an 11 year old and an eight year old, right. When my son was five or six, I felt the same way you did. Like, I need to do this, this and this, and, and, and he's going to be behind and he's not going to, you know, what if one day we decide to go to school, he's not going to be where the other kids his age are. And, but now that I'm kind of, I have an 11 year old, I can see that he didn't learn to read till he was about eight and he loves reading now he is a great reader um he scores great on reading comprehension and i'm able to see that you know my eight-year-old um is has caught up so to speak um with her peers, even though she didn't learn everything as, as early as my friend's kid who goes to um, to public kindergarten. So we have to give our kids more credit. You know, they're not, they're not, they have brains that they know how to work. Um, if we just give them the time, the space and the freedom to do so, they will so much learning will take place if we just let them show us.
0: That reminds me like my my daughter, my oldest daughter, six for everyone listening. And we really never introduced learning how to read. And the only reason she knows how to read is because she likes to write stuff. So she'll ask me how to spell stuff. And then I'll just be like, Hey, well, how do you think how to spell it? Mm-hmm. And then it just happened. It's so it yeah. gives me
1: goosebumps. It really does. It's yeah. like a perfect example. Yeah. Of, of You know, learning is part of us as humans, right? So we're programmed to want to learn.
0: Right.
1: Um, And there's no possible way that any of us as human beings could ever learn every single thing there is to know in the world in our lifetime. It's just not possible. So why not? You know, they need foundational skills, but- why not diversify their knowledge, um, from, you know, all the neighborhood kids, um, by letting them do, do things that maybe aren't, aren't what the experts consider to be kind of the need to know stuff, um, as a, as a six-year-old, you know?
0: Right. So what else are they, I'm, I would be curious. I'm always curious about this. Like, okay, say she was in first grade right now. Do you know what Um, that her day would look like <laughs> I don't even know
1: yeah so I they're mean, learning I mean generally speaking you know it would be kind of like come in sit down be quiet um don't talk to anybody um we're gonna do our um, first grade I think they're already reading so they're probably learning like you know like I don't I, I don't even know these words like you know pronouns and prepositions and contract contractions I don't know all these things um (laughs) and then you know and then it's like do that quietly raise Mm -hmm. your hand if you need my help you're one of 25 kids so if I get to you then great if not then you're screwed um because tomorrow we're moving on to the next lesson whether you understood it or not yeah then you get a little break to run outside with your friends, but no running, no screaming, no, you know, there's all these rules. Uh, Don't climb up the slide. Um, You know, all these things um, eat. Here's a shitty chocolate milk for you as your healthy snack. Um, You know, and I've worked in public school, preschool, and I've seen the food that they, that they're given and, and it's horrifying, honestly. Um, But, and then let me give you this sugar-filled crappy drink and then come back and sit down. Be quiet. Don't talk to anybody. And we're going to move on to math. And then you're going to have to read for 20 minutes independently. And then, you know, they'll, I don't even know, social studies, science. They have to cram all they have to cram in as much as possible um, because they got to get them ready for testing. So um it's not the how I would like my. Six-year-old to spend their day, not at all. So, and there's um, there's very little room for flexibility in that, right. in those days. So, so say
0: I'm sure many people listening are going to have kids that are in public school. So, yeah. what power do we have as parents over what our kids are doing in school? Um, yeah, that some people may not realize.
1: Yeah, well. First, let me just back up for a second and say, like, public school is not, they're not on a mission to, you know, ruin childhood or anything. They just, they're doing the best they can with what they know and teachers are doing what they've been trained to do. And I think for the most part, most public school teachers don't really love the predicament they're in and they're doing the best that they can. And they really do care for children for the most part.
0: Right. I, I do want to say that too. I made a post recently about the fact that I homeschool and I had a lot of teachers say, like, I agree with you and I'm doing, I'm doing my best to like shift things around and give them more of what they need. And I get in trouble for it, but I do it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah,
1: thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're trying to, to shift as much as they can within their really tight, Guardrails, you know, so right. um, it's not it's not a coincidence that so many teachers are leaving the profession. It's that's it's not nice. a coincidence. So, so, so I just want to like make that statement that I'm not here bagging on bagging on teachers. I'm not here to say like teachers are the problem. That's not it. it they're doing what they've been trained to do and what they've been hired to do. Problems from the top down. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> but I think as parents um sometimes i see parents with children in public school feel almost like the public school has all the power like if my if my kids teacher says they have to be reading for an hour five nights a week then then that's what they have to be doing and they don't teachers and they don't have any say in what you do at home with your child that's your home your family your space and so you know if your kid comes home with two hours of homework and you don't feel good about that as a parent, um, I mean, for a young child, no, nobody should feel like that's okay, especially if they've been at school all day. But anyway, you can say no to that. Say, Tell the teacher, say, I'm sorry. We spent time as a family last night around the dinner table or we played a game together as a family or my child went to bed early because they were tired, and um, I'm not going to, you know, make them stay up late doing homework. Um, you can say no to parents can say no to things like, you know, certain tests, um, certain standardized testing. They can opt out of up to a certain age, and and it's different in every state and every school district. So I don't want to generalize, but if you have a problem with standardized testing. Look into what you can opt out of. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you can opt out of like you know them sending behavior charts, sending home a, a letter that your child didn't wait, didn't stand, walk in a straight line, or you know you can you can say no, I'm not going to punish my child for this, or I'm not going to talk to my child about their undesired behavior. Like um,
0: she's great, but talks too much.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was that. So- Something happened to you. Yeah. Every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my guess is that you are like an interpersonal learner. And that's why you were talking a lot because connecting and talking with other people was supportive to your learning. And so, um and, you know, parents can also say no to things like, um I don't know, <laughs> we were talking about before we started recording, like, these bumper stickers and yard signs and just these kind of like stamps of my kid's better than your kid kind of thing. Um we can say no to that kind of stuff. And um yeah, that yeah. Yeah. I would have never known
0: opt out of anything, honestly. Yeah. What so what happens in regard to Like say they don't do the homework. So is it just like an agreement to where it won't affect their grade? Or Um, well, I mean,
1: it's gonna be um it's going to be so their grades shouldn't be based on homework. So homework is supposed to be supposed to be kind of a reinforcement, a practice of what they've been learning in school. So really like their grades should be based on what happens in the classroom. But I could be wrong about how I think it's different for everybody. Right. But again, outside of school hours, they do not have a say in what you right. do with your family. Right. Period. The end. So
0: that's so powerful. Can you give yeah. me? I'm just like picturing myself telling a teacher like, oh, no, thanks. We're good. My kid's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So if you're listening to this, like definitely take that and do your research, you know, on on what what your um, state, you know, allows for. But there's so much information like this, even outside of school, that yeah. we have so many more rights than we realize in mm-hmm. so many different areas so this is just a testament to in general like don't just follow the crowd stand up for yourself if something doesn't feel right question it question everything
1: yeah. I was just gonna I, say yeah, yeah. It just and uh, you know I really believe that, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter what your, your religious beliefs are, or if you believe in a higher power whatever, whatever, but I really believe that, you know, we are the exact perfect parents for our children, our children. We are the perfect parents for them. They are part of our dna and um even if they're not even if they were adopted or came to be your children in some other way i don't believe any of that was an accident right. and i think that we're so it's so noisy there's so much external noise that we forget how to lean into our instincts about you everybody listening you know deep down in there what is best for your child, for your children, you know what they need, what what they can do without. Um, and they are counting on us to advocate for them because they're they don't know how to do that. And so I think if we just honestly cut the crap and like you always say, stop giving a shit about what other people think, about what your mother in law thinks or your next door neighbor thinks. Um and I've had both of those <laughs> oh, both of those is- people <laughs> have <given me> feedback. <laughs> well I think you should give I think you did but I think you should, should should share your example that you gave me
0: well yeah I'll share too because you said next door neighbor because we yeah. just recently moved into this neighborhood and my next door neighbor was like oh are they going to and named the school mm-hmm. and we we're like oh no we homeschool and they just at me like I had 10 heads you know and um she was like oh well you have to check out this school it is seriously the best they they have um the highest scores
1: in the county.
0: and you're like I'm you're, like,
1: you're uh, not making <laughs> sweetening the deal <laughs> I'm like not okay sweet.
0: you just confirmed even more that I will not be sending my kids there Right. So that was one. And like, it just, the conversation kept going. So I just kept saying, oh yeah, no, like we're good. And she just kept pushing, oh, you really need to check it out. It's so good. It's da, 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 da. So it's just interesting, like how it's just still this like strange concept for people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the other example, I mean, it is for my family too. My family's just so confused genuinely confused as to why I would go this route because, especially because I work for myself and I work from home and we're having we're getting to juggle homeschool and running a full time business and they're like why would you not send them to school you're you're stressed out whatever and I'm like you know I'm so willing to sacrifice I'm willing to sacrifice financially I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I have to to have control over what my child children are learning and how they're being molded as growing human and Mm -hmm. um when I was visiting home a couple weeks ago my aunt who was so well-meaning you know she's like Bracey you really got to get her in school she's not going to know how to sit down and listen (laughs) I was like I kind of giggled I was like that's exactly the point yeah and Uh, You know, we didn't say anything else because it's been a couple of years now. So my family finally has realized I'm serious and like, it's not changing. And this is the decision that I'm making. And although they're still not understanding, they're supportive in the sense of like, there's very little conversation about it anymore because I have stayed my ground and that has taken so much work Mm -hmm. on me like me doing the inner healing work to be confident. And um, I really get to shout out my husband for that because I don't know if I would be doing any of this if it wasn't, if I wouldn't have found him as my life partner, but um, it feels really good. It feels really good standing in that decision that I've made. And you know, some days I'm like, well, it would be really nice to have free childcare, but I am- just I'm not. admitted I'm more committed and this is something else I think a lot of people live which is good to live in the now right where it's like being present but yeah. I'm committed to the long-term game like how I want my children to turn out mm-hmm. and if that means that I maybe won't I'm going to be late on this bill this month because I had to miss a day of working from home because I get to take care of my kids, like, so be it. And not everyone's willing to make that sacrifice. yeah, um so there there are some sacrifices that come with it, and there are hurdles in getting past judgment and people just genuinely not understanding,
1: yeah. so well, yeah, I, two things that came up for me um when you were talking is is first, you know, what a great freaking example your girls have of going after your passions, working really hard, owning a business, pave- paving your own path. Like they're home and they're taking all of your hard work in. Like that is such a cool thing. That is such a powerful life skill that they're going to have by being home with you. And the other thing that you talked about was making sacrifices, right? So a lot of people, and we talked about this before, but a lot of people will say like, oh, homeschooling is a privilege. Like your husband must make a lot of money or, you know, um, you don't have to go to work so you can stay home and do it. Or, and uh no, <laughs> I know. Like no. if only you knew. <laughs> uh no. So some days I wish I went to work full time. You right. know, and I got to be out of my grown up mind. And you know, it's I, I do. I sacrifice. um, You know, my alone time. I sacrifice my a second income. I mean, I have a lot of education and experience, I could be contributing a lot more financially to my, my household, but you know, we, we live off of one income right now. Well, one and a half ish income as I, as I, you know, get my business up and running. But, um, we were talking about like homeschooling hours, like homeschooling and flexibility. You don't have to homeschool during school hours, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to homeschool five days a week. You don't. Um, You don't have to. and, And I'll say too, the majority of, not the majority, but a good part of the day in a public school classroom is spent on classroom management, not necessarily on instruction and learning. So I'll tell you that my kids get done in an hour and a half, two hours tops, way more, you know, academic learning than, the neighborhood school is getting done because we're distraction free. We're not, you know, there's there's not have all this like get in a line, sit straight, da-da-da, like all that's not in the way. So you need a couple of hours four times a week. Um you could do it on the weekends, you know, it it's if it's something that is a priority to you and your family, then there are ways to make it happen. Even if you both have to work and you're living proof of that, you know,
0: 100%. I mean, I, I follow someone on TikTok who shares a lot about their homeschooling journey and I was reading her comments and that's exactly what she said. She was like, you can homeschool any time of day you can. And then the, there was an argument like, okay, well, I still have to go to work, so I can't afford childcare. And if it's something that you want to do, I'm, I know this is so cliche, but if there's a will, there's a way. So it's yeah. like you can sell out to the excuse that you can't do it, mm-hmm. but you actually can, you know, you can figure something out. You can, there's always some way, especially speaking to that intuition thing. Like if you know that it feels like, that is what you want then you get to start making powerful requests and you get to start getting creative with your time and how you can make the extra money for childcare or ask your sister cousin friend whatever to watch your you know like there's just i really want to empower you guys to get creative think outside of the box and yeah. this is really important you know like our kids spend more time at school than they do at home and it, if it's important to you there is a way. And, um, you know, there's so many accounts to follow on social media who are provide like, like Amanda's who are providing information and encouragement and a solution to basically every reason under the sun as to, you know, what could get in the way in regard to homeschooling, whether it's time, whether it's finances, whether it's people judging you, you know, like it all gets covered so if there's a yeah. will there's a way is the moral of
1: that story <laughs> it's it's true it's like the only thing in your way is your mindset it is yes. your own limiting beliefs of what you can and can't do and um and it's there are so many free resources out there every community has a homeschooling community that you can find on facebook um and, you know, we're, this is, we're almost 2023, we're post-COVID, there are, and and we're going to probably get guff for this, but, you know, there are more work-from-home jobs yeah.
0: than yeah. ever.
1: Yeah. Um, And like I was telling you before, you know, if, if needed, I've always said, you know, I'll go work at Starbucks from 4 a.m. till 8 a.m. when my husband has to start work or whatever it is um if that's what I have to do right because this is so important to us and our values and so yeah yeah
0: yeah wholeheartedly agree so you know and that's that's us speaking to the people who want to do it there there's some people who just don't want to do it and that's fine (laughs) but if you want to then then there is a way and you get to get creative and you're not alone. There's so many, obviously, this is a growing, um, growing in popularity, homeschooling. So there's more and more resources out there to help you guys. Um, and well, I'm think- not a pro at it at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like here drowning and- <laughs>
1: <Me> <laughs> but we're making it
0: happen. And I'm so I feel so like great that you talk so much about how you know home homeschool gets to be so flexible and they every every bit of life is a learning opportunity so I've really been leaning into that like literally every moment that we're together there's something to be learn and I think a lot of times parents just want to get things over with. So they'll just like do it for their kid, which I have done too, like just get it over with. So put their clothes on for them and brush your teeth for them and answer the question for them so you can move on. But they learn so much when we say, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Or how about you try to figure that out and let me know if you need help or, um, so I found a lot of success in that, um, just finding those learning opportunities throughout the day especially with a six-year-old by the end of the day I'm like she's learned plenty today and we really didn't even do any math or reading
1: yep well and the the practical life component of it you know Maria Montessori coined that term practical Mm -hmm. life but you know my kids have daily chores they have weekly chores and they get a small allowance at the end of the week for it and they have their own little green light cards and so they know they're doing math and then they're you know, we're, they're wanting to go to the movies right now. And so I'm like, well, get on your computer and research how much a movie ticket costs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. do you have enough money on your green light card to pay for a movie ticket? And so like my 11 year old is learning how to b- budget in a way, you know, and my kids all know how to unload a dishwasher. They vacuum, they clean toilets, they bathe dogs they fold laundry. Um, And so, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of learning and it's true. You know, I have moments too, where I'm like, just come here, I'm going to put it on for you. And just, you know, nobody, none of us are perfect. And I think the moment that we can, as parents, parents, as homeschooling parents can give ourselves grace and say, this isn't going to be perfect, but they're, they are in a constant state of learning and, um, kind of have that acceptance of, you know, they may not be getting the same education than that, you know, your neighborhood kid is getting. That doesn't mean that the learning isn't as powerful, valuable, um, and having as, as much of an impact so yeah
0: I mean my oldest daughter did a lemonade stand several weekends in a oh, row yeah
1: that's a so- great
0: project whether your kids are in school or not because you could do it on a weekend yeah and she learned so much obviously about how to run a business we we every single detail like how much money are you going to need to buy everything and then when she wanted to do it the next weekend we had to buy the supplies from the money she made the previous weekend so it was so good and um but something really cool was that we got to teach her a lot about patience because if there's no cars coming she wanted to go inside and we were like well if you want to run a business because she wanted to start a business then you get to you get to trust because we said, you know, do you want customers? And she said, yes. Well, then trust that customers are coming. So then we tap into, you know, that intuition and spirituality stuff. And and she trusted they were coming. She had one lemonade left. And the last customers <laughs> ordered the lemonade and handed her
1: a $100 bill. It's incredible. What a great reinforcement of that, lesson. right? And I'm yeah. like, you're like, Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: See what happens when you trust? Yeah. When you're yeah. patient
0: and you know trusting, it was so. I mean, I would not trade that. That one experience is like, yep, yeah, this is why we do what we do. Like, this is worth the sacrifice, worth the hard days, worth
1: all of it. You know. Yeah. So. And you. And that right there is more important than any math test, any spelling test, any, is you're giving your kids a strong emotional and, um, I don't know what the word is. You're giving them self-confidence, but you know, their emotional development has a super strong foundation. That's, what's going to get them through the rest of their lives and not be dealing with, you know, these big issues in their twenties and thirties like we are. (laughs) you know, but you know what I mean? Oh, that's-, I that's So what do you say to people who
0: say they're going to be lacking socially, social? Oh, status. that's
1: my favorite. Homeschool that kids is-
0: are weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So good. I say good. I say, I, yeah. would- I would prefer my kid be a weirdo than be like public. School. No, un- I don't like to generalize like public school kids or whatever, but if you know, bullying and peer pressuring and, um, you know, clicks and all those things are what people want their kids to experience socially, then, then I, that's not what I want for Mm -hmm. my kid, you know, um, excluding people, um, socialization at school is not all positive. Like, let's be honest here. Socialization at school is very complex and many times detrimental to children's self-esteem and their self-confidence and a whole, you know, they're going to have no backbone. They're going to be little wussies. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So I will tell you that, um, you know, we were in the airport coming home and I sent my 11 year old to, um, he, they, he was going to order some food for he and his sisters. And so I gave him my card and he went over and he had to like, say, excuse me to some adults to get past them. And then he had to wait in line. And then he had to order his food, his food, socializing with an adult. And hi, how's your day going? Good. How's your day going? And he had to, you know, uh, insert the card and say, and the guy say, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like, he's socializing he's socializing in public he's socializing with neighbors and family members and they all are my you know so the term socializing when people say that about homeschooling a if you want to get like nerdy about it there is no academic research that says that homeschooling kids are less socialized or, or their socialization is less ideal than kids who go to school. And so, or to traditional school. So that argument is null and void because there's no research. Um, and then I would rather my kid be a weirdo than an asshole any day. So, (laughs) you know, whatever.
0: I know, I know. And I, Ugh, I could talk so much about that, but yeah, the, um, my kids' social skills are like out of this world. I mean, they say hi to every single person we come in contact with. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not trying
1: to have a conversation with them right now. Right. You're like, I've been talking to people all day. I don't want to talk to people anymore. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, you know, for me, I felt like, I feel like I, was always scared to socialize with people because I was scared of being judged or scared of whatever I experienced in school. And my kids give zero F's. It's like, they're so wholeheartedly them. And now I will say all kids are different. Like my daughter thrives on being around other kids. So, um, she has already made a, friends with all the kids in the neighborhood so we're good like she plays with them every single day when they get home from school actually I have another homeschool family down the road so that's super helpful but um yeah the socialization thing is hilarious
1: to me because my kids are more social than I was it's it's fear-mongering that's what it is and it's people it's it's people justifying or people trying to scare people into you know if your kid doesn't do what every, you know, most everybody else is doing or what society tells you they're supposed to be doing, then they're going to have some type of deficit or something like that. And it's just not, it's just not true. It's just not.
0: I mean, like you said, like, I'm, I want my kids to be different, you know, different than the crowd. And I'd say that's probably the main thing I want to achieve is like them to have the confidence to be different and to not need to fit in. Yeah. Um, Cause and that really good. is what I feel like school, like you said, it's not a, it is a one size fits all in school and everything is. And it based on what I've read and my reason, another reason I choose homeschool is because I feel like the school system or I know the school system <laughs> was designed to develop workers to join the work field. That's the only reason. That's the only thing that the school system is designed to do. And that is not at all what I want my kids to strive for. I don't care if they want to go to college or not. I, yeah.
1: (laughs) And when our kids are of, you know, adult working age, the workforce is going to be one that values creativity and innovation right. and, and all of that. And that's a whole nother podcast, but you know, oh, okay. like, yeah, you, yeah. I, like I said before, I'd, re- I'd rather my kid be weird than be right something he's not because he feels like he has to, to fit in. And, and I'm, I just started reading this book. It, it's called why parents are more important than peers but it talks about how at such a young age we we immerse our kids in in we show them that it's more important to be around other kids than it is to be with your family. We put them in full-time school and then we put them in soccer and then we put them in, you know, we have 14 birthday parties on the weekend and and so we're showing them that what's more important is to be with kids your age away from us than it is to be with us. And so what ends up happening is there's like you know the disconnect and then all the teenage problems that we've already talked about and so um I mean you know again we could we could go on and on about that kind of stuff but um to the socialization argument I mean obviously we're winning that argument (laughs) right (laughs) oh my god Amanda's kids are
0: like the the your son is the sweetest most kind
1: he's a good boy he's so
0: sweet.
1: Yeah. And it's who he is, but I've allowed him to be who he is. Yeah. Um and he was very shy at, uh, up until probably 8 or 9. Um with other kids he's very slow to warm um and now that he's had his time to come into his own and be confident in who he is, he's really thriving. And you know, we were on a trip and we had spent time with a lot of different friends and he's able to jump in to any peer group of uh, any age, any gender, any interests and, and have conversations and play and do all those things. And so, you know, I I'm living proof that homeschooling can be a really positive thing. Um, and I also think I got lucky. <laughs> with right. <it>. Yeah. <laughs>
0: If someone wanted to seek out a private school, because that's something that I am still open to, like finding the perfect or I don't know if there's perfect one until I start my owner until we start our own. Right, but right. like them. if so, say someone was like, okay, I love everything you're saying. Is there, are there any private schools out there? Are there any, is there anything that you would specifically search for in a private school?
1: So I, I'm going to just say there is no perfect school. Okay. Yeah. There's, no, there's no perfect school. Homeschooling is not perfect. right? Um, you know, there is no perfect school. So what I would suggest is before seeking out a school, really having a clear idea of what your family values are and what you value in education, whether that be academics, whether that be time outside. Um, if you value like a delayed academics so for example waldorf they start academics a little bit later um and waldorf has a great connection to um the earth and mm-hmm. nature and things like that um but i think you know once you're really clear on what your values are it's much easier to find a school that's a fit that way but then you can just search you know non-traditional private school Houston and see what comes up and then see how whatever you find kind of fits with what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, There are, you know, there are some, (laughs) some schools out there that I would consider sending my children to, but also selfishly, I really am, am just savoring this time with them, cherishing it. Yeah. And I've told you this before, and everyone will tell you, especially if you're listening and you have young children and you're trying to figure out kind of like what to do when the time comes for school. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so cliche, but like it goes by so fast. It really does. Um, And I just want to, I'm not ready for this kind of part of our life where our family is the most important thing in our family time and learning together. Um, I'm not ready for that part to be over. So, um, that was the question you asked me. So anyway, <laughs> use Google, figure out what your values are, define that clearly, and then use Google to help you. And, you know, always visit a school, um, something that really bothers me is if a school won't allow you to visit when children are there. I understand like with COVID, there was some, some limitations with that, but as a parent, it's very important for you to see what the school looks like when students are actually there because it can look beautiful, um, with no children in it, but, you know, um, that's something that I recommend is touring when children are there, if you can. And, and if they say no, um, push back a little bit on that. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you can always like look on Facebook for homeschooling groups in your area. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of like hybrid type programs that meet a few days a week. if, if, community is something you're worried about or you know socialization or you just want to be around other like-minded families use you know Facebook to help you with that there's tons of homeschooling websites Um and so there's a lot out there
0: yeah there is Um there's a lot of especially if you religious there's a lot of religion based ones especially in our area um but yeah there's so many there's so many groups especially you know if you're in a larger city and um and if you're not start one you know yeah how how cool would that be start a group and connect there has to be you know someone near you who's doing it to where you could meet up and I don't you've heard of forest school right
1: Mm-hmm. Forest
0: school, so there's forest yeah. schools in different cities where they just like go out in nature and learn together. So forest schools really, are really
1: cool, really yeah. cool. I,
0: I think there's one in Houston, in- but I've never joined because it's
1: in Houston. <laughs> you already know how I feel about the weather in Houston, so we'll just <laughs> move along from that. But um, it's hard. The one thing that I do struggle with, which just being transparent, is putting myself. <laughs> <out there. laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Putting myself Uh, out there and, and, um, you know, going to these events where there's, you know, going to be 11 other homeschooling families. That's really hard for me. I'm introvert. I don't really care to make like a ton of new friends at this point in my life as sad as that, but you know, um, so for me, it was always easier to start something myself. Right. Um, and to go join like an existing group of people. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Options. Well, what else? So I'm super excited to do another episode on the stuff that you said. <laughs> could be a whole <laughs> other episode. But yeah. did you have anything else we haven't
1: touched on yet? Um no, I mean, I think just um yeah, stop giving a shit what other people think, listen to your gut. Yeah, you know get very very clear on your values um and don't be afraid to say no thank you that doesn't work for my family you know this is what works for my family um because at the end of the day you know what's best so
0: absolutely yep and question everything
1: (laughs) yes ask all the questions and more questions
0: yeah yep Uh oh Listen to podcasts, like I was never aware of any of this until I started looking into it when I had kids, you know. So you can just follow society or you can start questioning things. I have the I only I have one book called Dumbing Us Down, which is about the public school systems. But um I don't know, is there any specific book you would recommend? in to- yeah, there's a
1: lot of books I would recommend. Um, a couple of my favorites is, uh, one is called Balanced and Barefoot. Okay. Um, and another one is called, I think it's called like The Last Child of the Woods is another good one. Um, there's a book by Peter Gray who has done a ton of research on play-based learning. It's called mm-hmm. Free to Learn. Um, that's a great one. Um, and I'm happy to like compile a list for your listeners too, if that's something awesome. you're interested in. Yes.
0: Um,
1: but um yeah, it can be it can be uncomfortable to like lean into this little voice in your head saying, do something different, do something different, don't do what everybody else is doing. Um so yeah, like you said, just lean into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And reach out for support, you know, so don't try to do it alone. That's silly. There's plenty of people who are so ready to help, including, yeah,
1: including and me but not and myself.
0: Help. Yeah. So where can we find you or what do you have oh. going on? You <laughs> talked about this business you're starting. Tell yeah. them.
1: Yeah. So my business is called the copper nest. So the copper nest started as a preschool in my home. And then, um, trans well transitioned to a sustainable toy shop um and now i'm working on helping moms um transform the play spaces in their homes to be free of i i say junky toys but to um, have quality toys fewer quality toys and be clutter free and be really conducive to independent play and um and just helping moms get to a state where that's manageable and part of their daily rhythm and um, something that's a happy part of their day. Cause I know for me, you know, I would, there was a big period of time where I would look at my kids toys and I would, it would trigger a lot of anxiety in me of as like, oh my God, it's such a mess. And, and so I figured out along the way, especially homeschooling and having my kids home all the time, I figured out how to have kind of a less is more approach. And um, so anyway, I've created a course, it's called peaceful playroom, and it's going to be launching very soon. Um, I also have a, a downloadable guide called declutter your playroom in five days. So it's just kind of a hand holding walk you step-by-step through getting rid of all the clutter causing toys. And and it's a really perfect time of year for it considering most people are about to get an influx of toys and and crappy toys at that into their homes. Um, and uh, another free resource I have is called the Just 10 Toys List. It's, it's a list of the only 10 toys you need for each stage of early childhood development. Um, just really about simplifying, focusing on toys that support your child in playing versus, um, you know, all the overstimulating ones we see on the target aisles. So anyway, the copper nest, um, I'm on Instagram. You can DM me anytime about anything toy related homeschooling related. I'd I'd love to hear from you. So
0: awesome. Yeah. And I'll link, I'll link most of that down below so that you guys can easily find her, but Definitely follow her. And I'm so excited for the course. She helped me organize my playroom, which I don't want to tell her how good I've done at keeping it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's a lifestyle. It's a, a, it's a, it's just like everything else you talk about. It's something that you, um, it's a habit, right? So yeah. That's- yeah you can join the course and we can talk about habits and rituals and rhythms and things you can do every day to keep it maintained. So (laughs)
0: that's uh, the realm I don't specialize in yet. Yeah. Parenting and homeschooling, but I can get you healthy and well in regards to to food. Yeah. Um, No, but thank you so much for coming on, Amanda. Thanks for having me. We'll do another one soon. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Bye guys. Bye.